0: The following podcast is a Deer Media production.
1: I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. Tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. I tell
0: them I'm not like the rest but- Hi, guys. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I'm your host, Kinsey Elizabeth. I'm very excited to be here today. So excited that for some reason, I cannot think straight. So this is like my fourth or my fifth time recording this episode. So I really, really hope you guys enjoy. I think I have some lessons in here that are pretty good some things that I've just, you know, been keeping in my notes for this episode. I'm going to be doing a what I am currently learning or what I've been learning episode. I used to do these probably in the first year of the podcast. I haven't done it in about a year. That sounds about right. This podcast is two years old. You guys always love these solos, like what I've been learning episodes. So I'm excited to bring them back. I think the reason I haven't done them As much recently, it might just be because I typically do them on the living room, which is my faith-based Patreon. So if you guys are interested in that, it starts at like $1.99 a month. Um, It's really cool. But I have gathered some things that I feel like I've been learning, some things that maybe might bring value to you guys. And I'm excited to share... Towards the end of this episode, it is the last episode of the month. So I will be recapping our book club pick with Danielle Carolyn of Gals on the Go. We read Pretty Things by Janelle Brown. I really enjoyed the book. I don't think it was the best book I've ever read, but I did think it was a good book. And I really liked the conversation Danielle and I had about it. So be sure to stay until the end, even if you guys didn't read the book, We kind of give a little summary so you guys can follow along. Book Club for February will look a little bit different, but we are still reading. Instead of it being on a podcast episode, this month we're going to do an IG Live. We're doing this because the last episode of February is actually already done. And it's a very exciting one and it kind of surrounds a book already. So I thought it would just be best to do it this way. Also, this will be fun because hopefully some of you guys can go on the live with us and talk about it. All details for the live and the book will be on our podcast Instagram, I O Y S M Podcast. We have lots of fun content over there, lots of cute screensavers. I have mine on my lock screen right now. It's chocolate brown, of course. So be sure to go follow over there, join the Facebook group, um, subscribe to the podcast, leave a nice review. If you guys like this episode, text it to a friend, post it to your story, whatever you want to do. But yeah, without further ado, let's get into what I've been learning. So since I've last done one of these, we've gone through a lot, okay? I've gone through a move. We've all gone through, collectively, a pandemic. I've gone through a breakup, so many other personal life stuff. I mean, it's really just a lot, honestly. So I feel like I have a few things. I'm sharing more like what I have been learning in my most recent days. The things that I'm thinking about constantly, the things that I'm actively talking about, even in therapy, really. And yeah, I'm just excited to share. I do quickly want to share the devotional that I've been reading because it is so, so good. And it's just something that's made me even more self-aware, I think. But it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Day by Day, a 40-day journey with The Daily Office. There's actually a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that's really good. But this day by day is great because you read it. You have a little reading in the morning and you have a little reading at night. So I do it when I do my five-minute journal, which, by the way, I have been loving my five minute journal. I know I talked about this on my episode with Maggie, but it is so good. So if you guys are looking to spice up your morning and night routine, I would definitely recommend getting this little book for morning and nighttime readings as well as the five minute journal. It's actually really, really done great things in my life. My first lesson I wrote down as life is not a game of hopscotch. I hope this analogy makes sense. I haven't played hopscotch in years, but what I remember to be true about hopscotch is that you essentially have to jump in each box before you go to the next. And then at the end, that's how you end up completing it. And I am someone who would much prefer God to just give me a step-by-step of what my life will look like and what I need to do from like, oh, this is a school you're going to go to. These are the people that you're going to be friends with. This is the job that you do. This right here, you're going to work with this person. You're going to hire this person. Whatever it is, I would prefer a step-by-step because that just sounds better to me, honestly. But at the end of the day, life is just not so black and white. Whatever you believe, like I say God because I believe in God, but I feel like this lesson can translate to anyone regardless of your beliefs. Like I was just so focused on my plan and not making the wrong move. And I don't even mean like a moral failure. I just mean more so like, hey, am I supposed to do X, Y, or Z, right? None of X, Y, or Z being bad, but just thinking, oh, well, you know what? I also feel like later on down the line, I'm supposed to do this. So will the things I'm doing now ruin what I'm doing then and whatever it might be. And I think I was so focused on my life plan that I think that I was almost masking that under some sort of like, idolizing like what my life plan will be in almost some wrong view of God of thinking like God is so small. So I am able to mess up the plan of God has on my life, which like spoiler alert, you can't like whatever you believe in, whatever you're doing at the end of the day, I think things do work out for good. I think even more so I was thinking the only way things are going to work for the greater good is if I'm aware of them in the current moment. So I was thinking I have to be like fully aware that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think more often than not, we take steps when we don't even realize it. And those end up being the ones that like really change our lives. You know, like you never know when you're going to meet someone who plays a really substantial role in your life. Like typically when you meet them, you don't really realize that. But I think I was so fixated on, you know, out of good intentions, really wanting to do the right thing. And you know, keep my head down and focus and like focus on what I feel like God has for me or what I'm supposed to do with my life or whatever that might be, that I ended up letting my life path almost get in the way of my life. And while I do believe in like, you know, leaning on God and, you know, doing what you feel like you're supposed to and things like that, someone explained it to me like this. So like, think about your father, your father raises you and like trusts you enough to make decisions on your own. And at the end of the day, like, even if I mess up and go off track, whatever, it's going to be okay because it's all going to work out in the end. Also on top of that, like sometimes losing control is the best thing that can ever happen to you. Sometimes when things really don't go your way or the way you think they're supposed to go, that is the best thing that could ever happen to you in that moment, right? My job at the end of the day is to just surrender and follow to the best of my ability and kind of keep up almost like my end of the stick as far as like taking care of myself. and working and what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, but not letting almost like the plans of my life and the step-by-step kind of get in the way of my life and allowing that to be bigger. I think it rooted in like a wrong view of God and me thinking that God was like smaller than if I'm supposed to do X, Y, or Z, right? Which is obviously not the case. At the end of the day, I do believe that God is like huge and, you know, words don't even describe it. But I do believe that at the end of the day, even if I were to you know, messes up, whatever it is, like, it's all going to work out. It was a case of way overthinking. And it's something I still am kind of dealing with and struggling and like, figuring out, you know, exactly kind of how I almost like walk through this, I guess. It's definitely been something that I think has been on my mind for honestly, the past couple of years. And I feel like I've finally gotten some better insight, if you will. People tell me that I'm oh, out. I
1: tell them I'm not like the
0: rest. But- we are back talking about Best Fiends. I have mentioned that I've just been getting really overwhelmed lately and it's been making me really frustrated. So when I need to blow off some steam, I love playing Best Fiends. It's a top-rated mobile puzzle adventure game. Best Fiends gives you hours of fun, casual gameplay that never gets old, with thousands of levels plus new content and events added all the time. So when I need to unwind, relax, or blow off some steam, I can always count on Best Fiends. Personally, I have loved how it has de-stressed me lately. With the near motivation, I feel like it's just been building up into anxiety and being overwhelmed. Best Fiends has really just been helping me to de-stress. I have been playing Best Fiends for honestly years at this point. I remember living in LA like four years ago and playing the game. Again, I would not be talking about this if I didn't continue playing. So when Best mean says the fun never ends, that's no exaggeration. There are 5,000 puzzle games and counting. So if you are worried that you'd get to level 3,247 and run out of fun, don't be. There's always another update, whether it's more fun levels, fun events, or changes to the games based on fan feedback. Just don't blame me if you end up getting kind of obsessed. You guys can download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R. Best Fiends. F-I-E-N-D-S. All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. People tell me that oh, I'm I tell them I'm not like the rest of the- Another thing that I actually got from this devotional as well, I'll kind of share this. Again, this is about God, but this can go in so many, so many different ways. The rest of them won't be, I promise. But there's a quote from Augustine that wrote: How can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? And then John Calvin said, our wisdom consists almost entirely of two parts, knowledge of God and of ourselves. I think I'm a pretty self-aware person. I That's probably the number one thing that my therapist says to me. Like if I'm doing something in, or I'm thinking a certain way that's unhealthy, like I know that it is. And I'm aware of these things and I want to get better. With that being said, I think that there's just really no greater gift than self-awareness and also no greater gift than to not be offended and have people in your life who are going to better you. I don't think it's really great to be around a lot of yes people 24 seven, because at the end of the day, if you're not changing and evolving and you're staying the same, like that's really quite the loss. This one kind of goes off a little bit, but I stay with me so I can explain this to you. But I had a conversation with someone recently and they were really angry, really emotional and just felt like all of their friends were not showing up for them. And You know, it was always, it was me, 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 and everyone else is wrong, right? And there was so much anger and hurt in that. And essentially they were just mad that their friends weren't showing up because they were bored and they felt helpless. And in that moment, I was thinking, you know, you being irritable, and I translate this to myself, like I am not this perfect person, like hear me out, okay? I just thought, honestly, it reminded me of times where I would get more irritable with people. And now looking back on certain things, I think, You know, I was getting irritable at that time specifically because I wasn't giving myself what I needed. I wasn't doing my own hobbies. I wasn't like filling up my own cup in the ways that I normally would, whether that be going on long walks, you know, reading my own books, doing my own hobbies, taking care of myself, working out by myself, things like that, things that are almost investments in myself. I was getting irritable because not only did I not really have that much to give, But I was also expecting something out of someone. And I was just more irritable when they were not, you know, maybe meeting my standards or meeting our set agreement. And I don't think in the specific situation I'm talking about, it was that I was expecting much of someone. I don't think it was great that this person wasn't like showing up on time and things like that. I also recognized that I was getting a lot more irritable about the situation because I wasn't doing my own things and investing in my own self. I was just kind of, you know, going on autopilot and just like, oh, well, we have plans. We need to do this. We need to do this. And like, just trying to get things done. And I just wasn't like my healthiest self independently. And that allowed me to get to the emotion of being irritable, right? So I think using your emotions as a sign, instead of like following your emotions, I think use your emotions as a sign. It's like, oh, why am I feeling this way? Or almost like an alarm. Like if I get to this point, there's something off and I need to fix it. So in the situation, when I was having this conversation, I was just saying pretty much the same thing. I'm like, I think this is a time where you need to be okay on your own and not be afraid of spending time by yourself. And as someone who actually really loves spending time on my own, I think it's really easy to get into that pattern when let's say you're with someone 24 seven and then all of a sudden you're not anymore. And then you're like, wait a second, this is weird, I think it's easy to kind of fall into that pattern, even if you're someone who loves being alone. So I think self-awareness is a gift, but also using your emotions to work as alarms and kind of work for you in order to realize why you're feeling a certain way. Because I don't think your emotions should be a waste. And I think emotions are important, but I don't think that there's something that we should allow to like lead our lives. The next lesson I've been learning is boundaries. Boundaries in so many different areas of my life. So Personally, boundaries are probably my favorite thing currently. It's what I talk to my therapist about all the time, literally 24-7. I remember when I was first hearing about boundaries, probably about, I want to say like three or four years ago, I kind of thought it was boring. And I think at that point in my life, I, I've i always been someone who loves very hard, right? And I would allow that to take the lead rather than allowing myself to just have healthy boundaries with these people. So it didn't necessarily mean these people were not healthy to be in my life. It more so meant that I just needed to have boundaries with them as you should have boundaries with anyone, right? And I allowed myself to get into situations that I really probably shouldn't have been in because I didn't have boundaries. Now I view boundaries totally differently. I think boundaries are what you need in order to live a happy and whole fulfilled life. Even to have happy, whole fulfilling friendships, I think there needs to be boundaries. Being fully accessible to people 24-7, we were not created to be this way. And I'm very passionate about this topic, but I turn my phone, I mean, I don't turn my phone off, but I am not on my phone. Once I start reading at night, which is normally at like honestly seven or eight PM because, you know, COVID life, I do not touch my phone until the next morning. I'm not the best about not being on it in the morning. I'm still working on that, but I am not on my phone for the last like three to four hours every night, and that has done wonders for me. I'm just not accessible 24 seven. If you needed me, like it needs to be before that. And my friends know this. Like if they text me, honestly, I'm normally sleeping too. If they text me late at night, they're probably gonna get a text back in the morning. Even people in your life that you're really close with, it doesn't matter. If it's a sibling or someone you've been friends with for 15 years, if it's a very like volatile, draining, taxing relationship you have every right to set boundaries. And not only do you have every right, but I truly believe you should. And it's really hard when you're someone who loves really hard because you think loving someone really hard is like being there and showing up. And I think sometimes it's kind of like tough love. Like if you really love someone, you want what's best for them and enabling their behaviors and enabling their unhealthy habits with you isn't necessarily loving them well sometimes it's kind of copping out and avoiding dealing with conflict, right? So I've had to do this in relationships in my life recently that are really, really, really difficult and say, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna have this conversation with you when the emotions are so high and it's so heated. And when you are, you know, talking to me this way or cursing at me or whatever that might be for you, I will have this conversation with you once, you know, we've cooled off and we're in a better place. And I I just don't think that right now is the time, like with all due respect, I don't say with all due respect, but I just say it in a very like mature way. And I think, you know, unhealthy people can only react in unhealthy ways because that's what they know, right? And I think all of us to some degree have like unhealth to us. So we have to learn and work through it. So if I react in an unhealthy way to something, that again is kind of an alarm that goes off my head of like, oh, I need to talk about this. Typically I'll like write a note on my phone and talk about it in therapy, But keep that in mind, too, if you are someone who is trying to set boundaries and don't ever come from a place of like, I'm setting boundaries with you. I am better. It's not that it's just like, hey, I think for the health of both of us separately and our relationship together, I think there needs to be better boundaries, because obviously the way that we're handling things right now is not working out on both of our ends. So we need to figure something else out and we need to approach this in a healthy, healthier manner. And again, like I said, unhealthy people can only react in unhealthy ways. And typically they really, really dislike boundaries and it can suck sometimes. And it can be really hard, especially if it's family. But sometimes that's your only option. And also that is loving them well. Because if you were just letting that kind of slide and continue to happen, one, they would never have the healthy relationship with you that they probably desire and they just don't know how to get. But two, that's kind of just constantly reaffirming their them lashing out and that's how they learned that in order to get attention they lash out. The last thing that I've learned is how good being outside is for me. This is not like the most mind-blowing realization I realize and I know I've talked about this before and how much I really enjoy, you know, walks and things like that, but even today I was just I wasn't able to focus i was feeling a little bit overwhelmed and i don't really know what it was i just couldn't really narrow in and focus even after i had done you know my whole morning routine i'd worked out i'd showered i would gotten ready and i don't know what it was i just i didn't feel like i was fully there and i took a second i went outside i took my dogs on a little 20 minute walk it was pretty quick and i came back inside feeling like a totally different person i know that that made the biggest difference in my day just taking that 20 minutes to get outside And then the next six hours, I feel way more focused. But if I had not done that and just kind of tried to push through, I feel like I would have gotten half of the work done and just not been in the mood that I needed to be in. I go on so many walks. I go on really long walks now too. And I find myself going multiple times a day, especially because just recently, I feel like I'm back in OG quarantine. I don't really leave my house. I do the same thing every single day. And that's just kind of how it's been. So, walks have really been helping me. I think they're really good, obviously, physically, but even more so, just like so good for my mental health.
1: People tell me that I'm out. I tell them I'm not like.
0: Let's talk about our health guys and honestly our goals for the new year. I'm sure so many of us went into 2021 saying, you know, new year, new me as we always do. And maybe at this point we're realizing that the goals we set were a bit lofty and we're getting a little bit discouraged because we feel like we're not taking care of our health. So that is why I am here today partnering with Care Of. Care Of basically encompasses three things that I love, health, wellness, and personalization. Okay? Care of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. All of Kerov's products are formulated with good for you, clean ingredients that are backed by science. Kerov is super transparent about the research and sourcing behind each of their products. So you guys are going to go online and take an in-depth five-minute online quiz, and they're going to ask you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, and health concerns to help you address your specific wellness goals. I love this quiz. I love that it's in-depth, but I also love that it's five minutes. Basically, it feels like you're getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist all without leaving your house, which we know that is my favorite part. And you even have the option of following the expert recommendations from care of or adjusting your pack at any time. So what you receive is totally up to you. It's all about little victories guys like I was saying before sometimes we have these really really big lofty goals for the new year which are really great but I think at the same time it's the small impactful changes that are just as important and for me that it's adding care of a daily vitamin to help support my energy sleep and fitness to target those goals so whether it's short-term or long-term care of is there for you so for 50% off your first care of order go to takecareof.com and enter I love you 50. Again, for 50% off your first Care-of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code ILOVEYOU50. All right, let's get back to the episode. So those are the lessons that I've been learning lately. Let me know if any of them resonate with you. Resonate. I keep saying resonate and it's resonate. I know, guys. I don't know what is up with me. Okay, so without further ado, let's welcome Danny on for book club. People
1: tell me that I'll burn out. I tell them I'm not like. Hello everybody. You look so cute today by the way. I love
0: the little Mayfair you have going
1: on. (laughs) Empathy always baby. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: (laughs) We read Pretty Things, a novel by Janelle Brown.
1: First off, how do you feel about the book? I liked it. I wasn't obsessed with it as much as I thought I was going to. How about you?
0: I agreed with you because I was reading it and you know I started after and you had already texted me that the book is so good I liked the first
1: part. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I really did like it. I think at one point, maybe in the middle, I got bored. But then I liked how that's why I read books fast, because then I just get through with it because I can't deal with the slow parts. But the end, honestly, I feel like the end kind of satisfied me almost.
1: Yes. I feel like it was like three different books. I liked the beginning because she was in this club and she was like finessing her way through life. It was interesting that I love how they described everything. And then it was like slow. It was just slow for a second there. Yes. so I feel you on that.
0: We read pretty things. The summary that I will share is two wildly different women. One, a grifter, the other, an heiress are brought together by the scam of a lifetime. I actually liked the story of the scam and there were definitely a few moments in the book that I really didn't see coming. And typically I feel like I can see things coming, especially in books like this. That makes sense. Question number one, talk about the characters, both good and bad. Describe their personalities and motivations. Are they fully developed and emotionally complex or are they flat one dimensional
1: heroes and villains? I guess I'll start with Nina. Should we start with Nina? Yeah, we can start with Nina. I liked her. I don't Me know. Too. Does, the, does the author want you to like her? I don't really know. I liked her. I feel bad for her. I feel like she was so smart and she had so much going for her. She was supposed to go to Ivy League and then her mom just kept moving her to different schools. I, I felt bad for her and I like wanted her to win. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I feel like the author did a great job on both Nina and Vanessa because there were really poor qualities in both of them. But then it would switch from their point of views. It made you have more almost empathy for them because mm-hmm. you realized everything else that was going on in their lives where Vanessa really, she's an influencer actually, but like very stuck up in New York. But then you realize, you know, the issues and their mothers like obviously had a lot of like mental illness issues and ultimately ends up like passing away. And so- yeah. You see things like that, but we were talking about this before you even started recording. I feel like I would have liked a little bit more on Lachlan. I feel like maybe yeah. that was on purpose because at the end with the twist with him, which we'll get into, then it all came together a little bit, but I would have liked a little bit more. But the problem with that would be the fact that you know even the actual characters themselves didn't know much about him
1: yeah no I'm right there with you I was just like very confused because I feel like we got a lot of backstory on Nina obviously and like her love with Benny we both just pulled it out of vlog cameras so I really love that <laughs> <laughs> um and uh you know everything like with her mom and everything and then Lachlan was just like her boyfriend but her partner and they like worked together I don't know anything about him or anything of the sorts and I guess that kind of makes sense why he was you know this villain towards the end. But I don't know. I feel a little incomplete in that sense. Do you?
0: Yes. A lot of authors do this style of writing. Well, they'll write one book. The book does really well. And they'll do that book from the perspective of another character, not just Stephanie Meyer. Like this is way before the Twilight and Midnight something. (laughs) Colleen Hoover being one that does this often. And I feel like a book in that style from his perspective would be interesting because he ultimately scams both of them. You think that he is on Nina's side he ends up marrying Vanessa. You're right. Vanessa ends up thinking she's scamming Nina, but they're both being scammed.
1: <laughs> You're so right. And then at the end, they're just like, actually, just kidding. You're done. We're done with you.
0: <laughs> Did you see the ending ha- Like coming? Did you think that he was going to throw Nina under the bus?
1: Yeah. Towards the end, I was like, this guy's really sleazy. Well, because there was something I think I wrote it down. There's something in the beginning where they talked about like their relationship and she was like talking about Lachlan everything and she goes love can be anything you choose to wrap around the word as long as the two people involved agree upon the terms like what kind of relationship is that?
0: Yeah especially <laughs> when you know that he would just go weeks without talking to her
1: Yeah oh my god I would I am just I'm too attached like that Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Do we think that he was hooking up with her mom too because I think so oh. <laughs> Honestly maybe well and then with the mom did she actually have all of those different 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 cancer reoccurrences. I think, I think she did. Yes. But there were times where I was like, is she just trying to con her daughter? But I didn't want to think that way. I don't know.
0: Okay. I did not see the mom turning out to be as sleazy as she ended up being until honestly, until they told us. So essentially what the mom said, I think was that the cancer before was real, but then Nina was talking about moving to New York and they're kind of codependent, like a mom and daughter relationship. She's a single mom. And you know, backstory, the mom was a con artist and Nina never wanted to be that. And the mom always wanted more for her. So yeah, I think ultimately when Nina was talking about moving, the mom didn't know what to do without her. And so she made up this diagnosis and Lachlan was in on it. But then when she goes back to go see her mom, Lachlan was the one who called the cops on her. And the police, the reason Nina left in the first place was because the police were supposedly following her and they had never even shown up.
1: It's so messed up. And then poor Vanessa just got pulled all into it. And But the fact that Vanessa was an influencer made me realize how modern this book was. Was it like really weird to you? Yeah, I don't really
0: love when influencers are in TV shows or movies. I don't know what it is about it. It's it makes cheesy. It, yes, it's very cheesy to me. So I didn't love that. And also they said a lot of mean things about influencers. <laughs> and so they did. I was like, they oh, really <laughs>
1: and they did all the typical like hashtag mommy blogger. Like they would just like really throw us under the bus there. The book was great and it was a good read, but it definitely kind of made me think like, eh, like really, do we have to just add the influencer aspect? She could have been like a editor in chief at like a digital magazine in New York City or something. Anything else, really?
0: I agree we are really jumping around so much right now. But at the end <laughs> of the book, when Benny comes back, you know what? I, I feel like we need to give a little bit better. So essentially, sure, sure, sure. Nina's mom was a con artist and they had moved around a lot. Obviously, she was getting in out of trouble, OK? And the Lidlings family are ultra, ultra wealthy. The dad is gone all the time in, I think, San Francisco. I think he's probably in tech of some sort. I can't even remember when he did, but he was wealthy. The mom had caught him having affairs and all these things. And so they went off to their estate, which is called Stonehaven. In high school, Nina and their son, Benny, end up becoming very close. They end up kind of falling in love. And then the father walks in on them. Like, I think they were like losing their virginity to each other or something like that. Yeah, And flips out on them, okay? And so then he says all these mean things. And that kind of ends that. And that really affected Nina. And they ended up having to move right after when her mom had promised that they weren't going to move. What ends up being crazy is later on when they find out that Nina's mom was having an affair with that dad. And the only reason they were even going out to where they caught them or where the father caught them was because they were hooking up back there. And so her mom just sat back and let the dad say all those really horrible, demeaning things to her.
1: It's so messed up. Like literally that scene was so heartbreaking because at that point we didn't know that when that happened. And I remember Nina was like finally like starting to get vulnerable with this guy. And then she comes home and her mom has the whole car packed up. It makes so much more sense though because the dad was so aggressive and like literally pulled her off of his son. And it's because like literally he was with his, her mother. Like that's weird for him probably.
0: Well, what I didn't even realize until later on when Vanessa was talking about this is that when he saw the daughter with the son, as well, in that moment, he thought he was being like scammed or targeted or marked because that's oh. the thing that happens when you're a wealthy male or wealthy of any sort. People target you, which they were doing, but she wasn't, The Nina was not doing that at the time. So then he cut things off with the mom because he thought you guys are just trying to, you know, get money from me and all these things. Like a few years later, the mom actually sent a letter... I write a letter to
1: Stonehaven, A blackmail right? letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the dad, I believe.
0: Yeah, and the mom ended up, the husband's wife, that mom, Vanessa's mom, ended up reading that. And then that's when she ends up taking her own life, like, later on that day. And so Vanessa views the mom as like, oh, you murdered my mom. And then Nina views those parents as, you know, everything that she hates and people that were so cruel to her. And then at the end... I the one thing I did see happening, though, when they got there is I don't know why I didn't see it in the way of Lachlan becoming the enemy. But I did think that there was going to be some sort of kumbaya moment where they figured it out and they were like best friends. And honestly, I thought that Vanessa was going to pay for like Nina's mom's cancer treatments or something.
1: Yeah, that would have been sweet. I see what you're saying. It was almost a full circle moment because in the beginning, like they were friends and obviously she went to the guest house or whatever it was called with Benny all the time. And then all those years she had so much resentment for the whole family and decided with Lachlan that they were going to, you know, get revenge on Vanessa and the family when in reality there was just among the kids, at least there was a big miscommunication. And it's so sad.
0: And it did show more humanity as well, because even in that moment, like, Vanessa had only moved back to Stonehaven because her fiance had just broken off their engagement and she left New York and she was obviously in a really bad time and would, you know, oftentimes go and cry in rooms around the house. And of course, you know, Nina and Lachlan know this because they planted cameras all around the house because they're planning to rob them. And there were moments where Nina was like, I don't, I feel weird feeling bad for her. Which I thought was interesting because, you know, this is someone that she has no mercy for, that she's totally planning on stealing like as much as she can, minimum a million dollars. And it just she ended up feeling bad for her, which was weird.
1: It was so insane. Like I was saying earlier, this book was truly like three different stories. I feel like the first story was like seeing all the finessing and the the scamming, you know, just between Nina and Lachlan and then going into the love story of Benny. I'm like a lovey-dovey person. So I loved like the romantic aspect of it. And I almost wish they went a little bit more into it because then Benny was just kind of like gone for a while. I mean, obviously for good reason. So then at the end, you know, it all kind of comes together. Like we were saying, the kumbaya moment. And then, you know, in the epilogue, they talk about... Benny and Nina, they like go for a walk. She's living at Stonehaven again. She's the archivist. I don't know if that's the proper way to say it, but I thought that was cool because she does have all this knowledge about these antique items and she was using it for a bad reason to obviously scam this money. But, you know, Vanessa was like, hey, I can, you know, get you out of jail. I can pay for you for a little bit if you like you know, go through all the things in my house, which I thought was really cool. Anyways, I loved how at the end, her and Benny go for that walk. And obviously he's dealing with some of his own mental health stuff, but they go and sit at the boats and they talk about their past a little bit. And then he was like, you know, one of the reasons I came back, you know, to live at home was because Vanessa told me you were going to be here. And then they like held hands and like, I don't know, like I just cried. I don't know. It was just cute. It just made me feel better because I was like, where's Benny?
0: (laughs) I did worry about Benny throughout the book and I did want a little bit more because I felt like he was such a prominent character at the beginning and honestly reasoning as to why they're even there. Oh, also, I don't think we mentioned, which if you've read this, you know this by now, but both of the like Liebling's parents had passed away at this point. Oh, and the way that Benny even realized that Nina was with Vanessa at the house because Nina had seen the oh, listing. The photo. They supposedly had to go leave town because Lachlan and Nina's mother set her up and said that the police were looking for her. So they leave town. They end up going to Stonehaven to stay there to go stay in the guest house and Nina and Lachlan are planning on stealing the million dollars that they heard was in the safe. But Lachlan at this time doesn't know, supposedly, the tie that Nina has to Stonehaven. So he's kind of just sitting there. So at the same time, she kind of scammed him.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that. He didn't really know that she had been there before and had all of this history. I wonder if he had known that, if he would have acted the same way and done the same things. Are you familiar with the bling ring? No. Okay. I just looked
0: it up on Wikipedia. It says the bling ring were a group of convicted thieves consisting of seven teenagers and young adults based in and around Calabasas, California. It's like Alexis Haynes was part of it. I'm pretty sure. They burglared the home of several celebrities over a period of time between October, 2008 and through August, 2009, They ended up stealing about $3 million in cash and belongings. But anyways, this whole book just reminded me so much of The Bling Ring. And I don't even know that much about it. Interesting, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting because they're targeting these people online as well. And Nina went to school, has some sort of degree in art. So she can obviously tell if something is worth a lot of money. And they ended up using that, like you said earlier, things that are good about her for bad and it just reminded me so much of the bling ring. And then their last that name being cool. Bibling, like interesting, you oh, know,
1: interesting, yeah. pulling things together. I actually, honestly, have never heard of that, but I mean, it does make complete sense. These celebrities have so much, not that I'm condoning stealing anything at all, but that is quite interesting. I guess like this was kind of cool in the Instagram aspect of it all was, you know, she followed these, you know, wealthy men and women on Instagram to see what they bought. You know, if she knew they had chairs in their house or if they were out of town, it was very interesting. Kind of reminded me of, did you ever watch the show? You, I know you don't watch. that. I did actually, I I did watch. I feel like that's one you'd watch. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that, how he like knew when she was home, if she posted on Instagram and he would literally, it was interesting.
0: It was interesting. Also Nicole Kidman to star in and produce series adaptation of Janelle Brown's pretty things for Amazon. I did see that in the Facebook group when they were talking about this. So I think we need to do what a lot of book clubbers do. Book club people? I don't know. Book clubbers. (laughs) Um, It's the only club that, you know, we're going to these days. But (laughs) I want us to decide what actors should play what characters. I feel like you would be good at this.
1: Oh, this is going to be fun. Well, I'm excited because I actually read this book so I can like really watch it and be like, I don't know if it's as good as the book. Like be one of those people, you know, <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I want Nina Dobrev for Nina. I know, I know. <laughs> I know that's not fair, but just because it's of fair. the name Nina, I think I was picturing Nina Dobrev, you know?
1: Oh, totally. Well, I don't know. You probably haven't seen the show Ozark. What's I've seen name? a few episodes. OK, well, the mom in Ozark. I mean, maybe it's also because, you know, she her name's Laura Linney in real life and she plays Wendy Bird in the show. She's uh, married to Jason Bateman. They obviously do a lot of scheming and they're doing money laundering and everything. But she has this like more mature, wise vibe, but also like kind of on at the same time. So I think she would be really good for Lily, the mom. And then, of course, obviously, I think of Lily Woodson from I know. Gossip Girl. Right? So I think
0: of Serena for so Vanessa. Bad. So I think of Blake Lively Whoa. for Vanessa.
1: I actually could see that, though, because, like, Gone Girl vibes. And, you know, she's played some characters like that that are a little bit. Well, I guess Vanessa's not very mysterious, but that would be really cool. Who do we see for Benny? Why does, um, what's his face? Logan Lerman come to my yeah, head? Yeah, I was thinking someone, like, teeny <laughs> like bopper Brunette. back in the day. Yes. Yeah, 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 Yep. Logan Lerman, he's cast, boom. If any of this is right, I mean, take us to the big leagues,
0: Well, it says Nicole Kidman is starring in it, but we can't, we can't choose her. That's cheating. I don't know about for Lachlan though.
1: So what would she be? She's so young looking, but I guess. She's either going to be
0: the mom. I bet. I bet she's going to be Vanessa's mom, Miss Liebling.
1: Oh yes, definitely. Vanessa's mom, not Nina's mom. Nina's, no. Oh, I could totally see that. Like the wealthy mom kind of just like, you know, going through a lot. That makes sense.
0: Okay, let's do last one for Lachlan. I just can't think of someone. I almost think of like Nate Archibald from Gossip Girl. But like, I don't feel like that's it either. And then I don't think part of me wants to do, like pin Badgley. But like, I feel like that's kind of a cop out.
1: Yeah. Am I just because we were like talking about Gossip Girl and you? Or like Shia LaBeouf?
0: Yeah. Okay, let's do Shia LaBeouf. Let's just do that one.
1: I Shia feel LaBeouf confident it is. In Yeah. I feel like he he can really mesh to a lot of different roles. And he's kind of got this like badass side to him, but also like, you know, put together when needed. So he's Lachlan. (laughs) He's been casted, cast. (laughs) How many stars out of five
0: do you give this book?
1: I mean, I'd say a solid. I don't really know what your range is. I don't read like a ton of books. So for me, it was definitely a four, maybe 3.5. Like it was really interesting. And honestly, talking about it more with you makes it even better because there's just so much to unpack. What about you?
0: I would say 3.5 or 4. I agree with you on that one. I wouldn't say it's the most amazing book ever, but I did end up enjoying it. And I think the beginning and the end made up for the middle. I feel like there were just some chapters in there that I was kind of bored in. Definitely. And when it all came together, and then I really liked how Vanessa and Nina came back together in a pretty like almost realistic way, I hate to say, because they came back together Vanessa ended up hiring Nina because she needed someone to price her art pieces. And they weren't like best
1: friends by any means. But I feel like I liked that they still had a relationship. Definitely. I think it was a really realistic way how they got together at the end. It was a little bit of a, I hate to say it, but girl power move at the end. You know, Two girls coming together against a guy that both basically screwed both of them over. So in a way, it was inspiring, I guess. <laughs> you we know. literally fr- totally failed to mention that they end up killing him i honestly forgot yeah i mean yeah just on the bottom of a lake you know that part is a little graphic for my liking but yeah and also
0: i mean that's so unrealistic that they don't get caught and you know whatever but we'll let it go yeah
1: oh and the story yes i don't know if you remember this but literally at the end i think it was in the epilogue they literally talk about how She got away with the fact that he died because when people asked her, you know, her followers who the father is, she said that she got a sperm donor. Oh yeah, (laughs) and it had all these comments like "You go, girl! We love you for that!" Like girl power, and she's like, "Yeah, to kill the husband (laughs) or the the dad." (laughs)
0: Honestly, that was just like satire. Like while I don't like the influencer aspect because it is really cheesy, that I could see. You know what? Um, What's the movie with Blake Lively? Oh, with Anna Kendrick?
1: Yeah, it, it reminded me of that uh, sort of vibe of the movie. Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. I know it's not Gone Girl. It's the other one. Oh, A Simple Favor. Yes, that's a great movie.
0: Yes, I would say the last scene, that is kind of the tone that I read the book in, and it made it a lot funnier.
1: Yes, definitely. I think the end, like we kind of said, pulled it all together, very full circle, and it was definitely like A Simple Favor. It was totally like that, because they both were like scheming each other at one point, both getting... Ske- that is a really good um, parallel. I like it. I'm really proud of myself for that because I'm pretty yeah, bad at doing big. parallels.
0: I feel like <laughs> Great that, job. Was okay, that was spot on. Okay, well, fun. thank you so much for reading with us this month, Danny. Love yes, you forever. for including me.
1: I love you so much. <laughs> love you. Um, where can they find you? Just at Danielle Carolyn on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm trying that these days. And then my YouTube is just Danielle Carolyn. Oh, and I have a podcast too with Brooke. Gals on the go. Love you. Love you.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much to Danny for reading along with us. Again, you can find all the book club information on our Instagram. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Text it to a friend, post it to your story. um, Follow us on Instagram, subscribe, all of that stuff. Love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next Thursday.